five, four, three, two, uno. Hey, Alex Simmons, how are you? And we have a guest here. Hey, Carol Geisander, back for a second dose of Tell the, da- the Damn Story. Tell the Damn Story? Yes. August. Tell the Damn, <laughs> damn Story, story. featuring go. Carol Geisander, ladies and gents. Um, so hey, yes. Carol. Hey, Carol. Hey, I'm glad to be back because once is never enough with you guys. There you go. I've often there said that. Yes, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we so were, what were you going to say, Chris? Well, you know, it's August, and uh, 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 we just, in, in the northeast area of the United States, we just had, um, well, most of the planet just had a, <laughs> a really tough Fake-a-thon. heat wave all yeah. around yeah. where yeah. cars were melting and driveways and airplane tires were melting <laughs> and all that, because, you know, climate change doesn't exist. Um, and of course not. It's it reminds me of that old saying, you know, the dog days of August. Or, you know, the dog days of summer and August is supposed to be when we all slow down and all that sort of stuff. And um not Carol. We have so no, we have slow down. Carol Wait, today. what what does slow down Carol's, mean? I don't I don't understand this. Yeah, right. Carol's got not one, not two, not three, four projects to talk about today. That's that's the antidote for these so-called dog days. You just need a good shot of Carol Geisander in your arm and you're vaccinated, ladies and gents. There you go. And Keep speaking about vaccinated, let's have the vaccinated here, Carol. Why don't you actually, for those who missed the other episode when you were here and just wowing us, why don't you give us a little bit of your background, my dear friend and fellow writer, author, special human being. Yes. Editor. Why well, I, I thank you because everybody needs to be vaccinated. That's yes, actually that's very right. true. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Right now we need yes. we need some vaccination all over the place. Yeah, right. Oh, oh, ouch. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna follow that. Sure. All right. I'm Carol Geisander. I am a Stoker nominated author and an editor of horror stories and science fiction stories. I write mostly short stories. I have a a couple novels that are completed or in the works, but we'll talk about those perhaps on some future show, I hope. Why not? Carol Kaisander 3 in (laughs) The Return. Yes, right. Um, You are uh, affiliated with Horror Writers Association as well. This is true. I I am the co-chair of the New York chapter of Horror Writers Association, along with James Chambers. And one of the things that we do uh, for fun and to share our our fellow members works is to host a reading program on the second Thursday of every month called Galactic Terrors. And we've had Chris on for that, which was a yes. lot of fun. He read some really creepy poetry. It was awesome. Quite now the, the poetry was supposed to be creepy. It's not that his, his poetry is just in general. Yes, creepy. it is. It, was... it is generally a horror podcast yes, as well as we science go. fiction and other genres. Okay, I guess I should clarify. Yeah, I just that. want yeah, yeah I want to, well to help my, my brother out there. You know, I didn't want folks yes. getting the wrong impression. I tell you what. <laughs> right. I'll tell you what, I, I will I'll give a plug to Galactic Terrors. It's a lot of fun. It anyone who's got YouTube can go and type in Galactic Terrors and there are plenty of past uh, uh, episodes, episodes in there and uh, every second second Thursday uh, yeah. you get new and it's it's a simple format it's you know Carol and James uh, Chambers uh, say hello and then they they introduce I think it's three readers uh, an episode 
who read their horror works and there's little interviews and stuff. And, you know, that's free, great free entertainment, very creative show. Uh, uh, great introduction, uh, illustrations and animation and stuff is pretty cool. It's well worth checking out, ladies and gentlemen. Galactic I'm sorry, Terrors. are you saying you, you enjoyed it? Is that what you're saying? Uh, almost almost every episode since I was introduced. I there think I missed go. one so far. Go. Yeah. Okay, so Galactic Terrors. I will throw, um, there's a link to past episodes. Is there? Is that Carol? YouTube Galactic Terrors. You can get well, it, get, get the I'll channel. Throw a link, I'll throw a link in, in uh, the comments area for folks. You know, just make cool. it easy just to get you started there. Okay. Oh, that's terrific. Thank you. Now, Shucks, man. Now, just, just so you know, Alex, uh, Carol's involvement with Galactic Terrors is not one of the four projects. That's an addition. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So let's get and down she to has the nitty been... and the gritty. Yes. She's been traveling around, going to different uh, cons and fests and doing panels and doing readings and just has enough time to talk to us about just four projects today. <laughs> so, uh, so Carol, I was hoping that you would start us off by talking a little bit about Forget Me Not. Mm. Ooh, well, we have to remember to talk about Forget Not. See what I did there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And there it Forget is. There's the cover. Yeah. There it is. That's Bessie. This is a, a novella that's about a cryptid called Bessie, the Lake Erie monster. And it takes place in the Buffalo Niagara Falls area uh, in both 1969 and 1939. And it, it's very cool. There's a, a pair of teenage twins that see something in the water when they finally dare to go back into the water after being scared of it for a decade and once they see this scary thing they get drawn into what happened with their family in the past in 1939 so it's a lot of fun i i enjoyed writing it very much it's through the sistema paradoxus series there's a whole series of these cryptid novellas uh which is very fun and i i've enjoyed uh, quite a lot of them two, two um, things i want to say yep. before chris pontificates uh one i i just managed because chris told me about this i i got the cover and i went okay i gotta jump onto amazon and and grab at least the kindle version and and sort of get a taste, get a little taste so i did read the first chapter i haven't had a chance to read anymore because i just got it today but, right right thank uh, you but i enjoyed what i read and um this chris will tell you i do this this thing you know he calls it the simmons wayback machine but i i have to say that it's it's it made me think of the Scooby gang at first. All right. With, you know, with Fred and, and Daphne going off to have, but the moment I really started to get into it, I'm going, Whoa, okay. This is creepier than that. <laughs> you know? And then the way you set up what does happen in this, just this first chapter, which was great because it's at night. It, we're out on the water. We already are, are a little un, uncomfortable because of some things that are said. I'm not going to give away anything. And then this experience occurs, and it's that's just chapter one. So I'm thinking, okay, if that's where we're starting, oh boy, okay, let's let's see where this is going to go. And I and I really, you know, because the, the other thing is, you know, when you when you're reading a series, you can say, okay, well, I know that the two heroes or the three or four heroes they're gonna they're gonna be fine, they're gonna be okay. I'm not so sure <laughs> already. So, like I said, I'm I'm really kind of a uh, excited about reading the rest of it and i will get to it so that's one and the other thing was what the heck is a cryptid 
You are such a smart man to mention that. And I am taking for granted because I've been dealing with them for a while. A cryptid is a That's no way to talk about Till James Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) Till James Glenn, the tall creature. No, a cryptid is some kind of creature that people have reported seeing that may be real. If you think of Sasquatch or Bigfoot or Mothman or even the New Jersey Devil, those are all cryptids. And so in this case, people have reported seeing Bessie, the Lake Erie monster, since the 1700s. And I took some actual facts and and reports that were given and picked a couple of those out and decided to make my story based Mm. upon those. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And the fun thing about... Oh, just one more thought. The fun thing about this series of cryptid novellas is that each one is about a different creature and they're all standalone by different authors. So if you like one, you may well like the other, but you don't have to worry about, uh, uh, you know, having read any of the others because they're all completely different stories. And you don't That's have cool. any prior knowledge of any of this because, nope. you no, nope. yeah, it just pulls Each you right one's in. standalone. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Very cool. Good. Yeah. What were so, you going to say, Chris? Uh, um, I'm going to segue. Segue. Here we go. And this is how it's done so naturally and organically. Just go right into the segue. <laughs> um, we also uh, wanted to hear uh, what the latest is on uh, an anthology series that you edited with um, James Chambers called Even in the Grave. Dala has her hand on it over here. And uh, we'll maybe we'll throw up uh, the cover. If, uh, well, I'd rather not throw it up, but I'll, I'll all right, present now. it. We'll there toss it onto the screen. There there you go. Go. What a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> center of the screen there. So there we are, yeah. edited by uh, James Chambers and Carol. Uh, talk to us a little bit about it. What do we That's got? A nice here? image, by the way. I like that. Isn't, image. isn't that a gorgeous yeah. cover? This is this covers by Lynn Hansen, who is one of the preeminent horror artists for for book covers. She does does gorgeous work, and that was one of the things that Jim and I both agreed we were dying to have a Lynn Hansen cover for this. Um, this is this why I will is... not spend any time in the cemetery at night. Forget it. It's not exactly. Happening. Exactly. Yeah. Not not happening. Nope. 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 Uh, because they will come and find you. so this is a a, it's an anthology of ghost stories and you know there are many ghost stories out there and uh, everybody does them a little bit differently but what we decided to do during the pandemic in 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 the writing world you sit on your on your chair in your office with your laptop and you write your words right all by yourself Uh, but it's always been nice to go out and see your friends and hang out with people and such and Jim and I found we were both missing our friends so much that we said well let's at least reach out and see about putting together an anthology so we asked you know just people we know from the area you want to put in a ghost story and we came up with this really fabulous gathering of stories we have things from different time periods some from new york city some from feudal japan some Mm. from all all sorts of different time periods and um we had a, a wonderful time working with our friends to you know put these together and put them in the right order and bring the whole book about and uh, we enjoyed it very much because it was a great way to have a reason to talk to our friends as well as to produce a wonderful anthology. Very cool. Now, it also gives us an opportunity to um, uh, 
uh, talk to you not as a writer, but as an editor, uh, since mm-hmm. you and James edited this together. Maybe you can talk to us a little bit about um, what the requirements are uh, to edit an anthology. What do you got to do? What from uh, you know? Give us give us an idea. Uh, how do you start? How do you get going? How do you know you're done? <laughs> That's always the biggest question. How do you know when you're done? You know, yeah. and it's usually the answer to that one is usually deadline. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> And I think that one of the most important things you have to do in order to be a good editor is to have compassion for your writers and to understand Mm -hmm. that everybody who is submitting something to you is trying to make their story the best that they can. And that's the editor's job as well to try and help make the stories as best as they can be. Sometimes when when we uh, as a writer, when we write something, we think we know what it says, but it may not come across that way to somebody who is just reading it on the page without all the understanding that the author had in their head of what does this character mean when they do or say this, that, or the other. So um, one has to be familiar with the genre. One has to read through the story and think about it and see, is it holding together? Does it make sense? Some stories are perfectly fine and wonderful and set to go and just need some light copy edits, you know, for typos or or whatever. And some stories may need a little bit more attention just in terms of structuring a little bit better or changing the emphasis. And in in those cases, that's where the, the compassion and the understanding and the empathy comes in because it's really important to tell the writer what you're thinking, not tell them what to do. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the editor's job is not to rewrite the story. The editor's job is to point out things that aren't working to the author and let them make the changes or updates if, if they agree with it. So two follow-ups, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. How many stories did you find you needed to discuss with the author that something was needed in the story? I mean, is it? 25% of the time, 50% of the time. Yeah, it, uh, it's, it's, it depends. It's roughly a third, you know, and in any anthology, it depends on who it is, who is, uh, sure. you know, who is, is submitting a story. If you have a, a large open submission period, you're going to get a lot of stories and you'll just pick best ones and they may not need so much work. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're including a lot of newer authors, they may need a little bit more attention. So that's mm-hmm. going to vary depending on what your, uh, what your contributor audience is. So how about some advice first on how to approach that situation? How, what do you lead with? Do you say, we really love this part, but we need to discuss, how do you handle it? Oh, I, I love a praise sandwich. And that's praise where sandwich. you start out Go saying, ahead. you know, I absolutely love this, that, and the other. Here are a few things I noticed and I like to wrap up with, I've enjoyed this story so much and I particularly this, that, and the other. Um, and if I'm putting comments through the story, I will also add a comment to something that I think works really well, mm, because right. if you only tell things that are wrong, A, it's very sad when you get that as a writer, and it can be a little overwhelming, but also a writer may change something that they don't realize is the, the star point of their story. <clears throat> so you want to, yep. I want to say, this is, man, this is the best line in the whole story. Please, whatever you do, don't change this, you know? <laughs> I got that uh, in that habit back in the high school days when I was going through all those essays. It was always compliment, yeah. compliment. Then, you know, yes. circle the thing. We got to work on this part. 
and you know yes. how to have the balance. So very nicely done. Yeah, I also um, would like. I also yes. uh, tend to like to, to um, address the well. Keep in mind, really, that my job when I do edit, which is not that often, but when I do editing or when I'm working with my students, it is to help them do their best. So I like what you were saying about you know not telling them what to do but helping them identify where the work is needed and then, you know, somehow be supportive of them as they attempt that process. I think that's very good, you know, because again, it, it's also bolstering them enough to say your skills are here and you can, you can raise it another level. Just, just put in the time and the effort. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we have an opportunity here that I don't want to miss. Um, and that is, uh, with even in the grave, you did um, a Kickstarter campaign. Yes. So <laughs> can can you talk about the trials and tribulations, the challenges and the joys of Kickstarter? <laughs> Where have I heard that line before? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you're using a shuffle when you put all those phrases on Kickstarter, aren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we had a great opportunity here. Uh, Jim and I took the anthology to Daniel Ackley McPhail at East Beck Books, and they uh, have the imprint of Systema Paradoxa and Neo Paradoxa. And they were happy to take the book from us. And Danielle ran a Kickstarter for us with several other volumes. And it is, uh, there's a couple things to say about Kickstarter. Um, first of all, it's a lot of work. Um, second, it's it's very involved, but we were lucky because we had so many great authors in our anthology who were willing to chip in and help spread the word. And they took part on various panels during the Kickstarter where we were able to talk about what's been your experience with ghosts, for example, and, mm. and things. And that was a great way to get a lot of attention for the Kickstarter and everything funded above and beyond the minimum needed. The Kickstarter was set up by the publisher in order to pay the basic costs of making the book, because mm. once that is guaranteed, then you know you could, you know, they know they can produce it and get it out there. And then the third thing to say about a Kickstarter is um, it's a lot of work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of work sandwich. Okay, we got that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, uh, was it worth the effort? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. It, we, we were able to get the book out there, and a lot of people have gotten to see it. it and our Even in the Grave anthology is the top uh, selling book that they've brought out through the first half this year through the publisher. That's great. Yeah, well, it's a beautiful right. cover and it's great content, uh, wonderfully Thank done. You. And uh, I mean, Kickstarter, the one thing I, I, I would point out, unlike some of the other crowdfunding, is that, you know, whatever you make, you get to keep. Others, you know, you have to hit certain goals and that kind no, of it's, stuff. No, it's the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Indiegogo. Kickstarter is one. Yeah. Oh, Indiegogo yeah. is like that. Kickstarter, yeah. you yeah. have to hit the goal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I messed up. Yeah. 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 yeah that, it's a little terrible. bit nerve wracking because the most busy. Yeah, I understand. You get the most business in the first couple of weeks, and then it, there's a lull period where you're like, oh no, oh no, and then you get more, more uh, interest well, and action at the end. There's the a there's days. a formula that I've heard about, and I I have talked to a few people who have uh, utilized it, and it the formula itself works, but it does a depend on um, how much attraction, how how many followers and people that you have that you can actually get in your corner and then the mm -hmm. other thing is that thing that you repeated twice is it's a lot of work 
It is. It's a job. As my Jamal, one of one of the artists that we know, and a publisher and a writer and all, he is. He said it was like a full time job. Uh, yeah. He, he yeah. had a successful one, but it was a full time job for that time period. Oh. You know, right. he had to put in all again, the hours. Again, yes. the, the result, even in the grave, is well worth your time. It's great, great uh, yep. anthology. And we get to segue to the next big Here he is, uh, Carol Geisander project. Again. Yes, another segue. Yes, um, this is this is um, fresh stuff in two different ways. One, it's um, <laughs> the newest short story from Carol Geisander called um, "Freshest, Freshest Catch. Catch," and it's in the very first issue of a really promising magazine called Weird House. Uh, what a beautiful cover. Um, Which you'll see in a I moment. Just, uh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> and I tell you what, I read uh, the story this afternoon. Um, I remember you reading oh, at least you? some of it. Yeah, but I reread everything. And what a fun, fun, fun story that is. Look at that cover. That's a beautiful cover. Um, and the uh, the whole magazine has a nice feel to it. Um I think it's, uh, uh, you know, it's got some promise to it. So what, what was your experience with Weird House and with Freshest Catch? Oh, it, it was, it's been very fun. Uh, Weird House magazine, this is the first issue of the magazine from Weird House Press, which is uh, Joe Murray, the publisher. And then I'm working with Curtis Lawson, the editor, who is an author that I knew already. And uh, they have brought out this magazine uh, as well. And it's been so much fun being part of it. And, you know, it's a gorgeous cover. Thank you for showing that. That's way better than the one I was holding up. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's a, it, I, I'm, I'm going to say that one of the two characters on that cover did not fare well in the encounter. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible that that may happen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great cover, though. Um, and it's got a real rock and roll feel. Uh, the whole magazine, which is pretty cool. A uh, nice mix. But let's talk about Fresh's Catch without giving anything away. Um, it's a fresh and fun story with a nice little yeah. twist. It is. Well, this is a, a fun story that's actually a reprint because it was in an anthology that one of our friends uh, put out a little bit ago, Chris, called Hell's Mall by April Gray. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, they were uh, nice enough to take that as well in Weird House magazine. And um, it's a very fun story to me because it's something fishy at the fish market on Block Island, which is off the coast of Rhode Island. And uh, we have a gal who is um, not really well received by the locals. They're a little bit leery of her. We're not sure why at the beginning, but she takes exception to a snooty couple who wants to eat some endangered fish. They really shouldn't try and do that. We'll just Um, just leave it there. I, I I would preferred Muriel to uh, the couple, the very privileged couple. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but yes. well worth your time. Uh, and the rest of the magazine looks really great. Can, um, can I just um, get in one quick question? What inspired that story? Because you mentioned some other things that had, you know, sort of struck your fancy and caused you to sort of go with that particular plot or whatever. What inspired this one? Well, I am... I am quite fond of anything tentacular. Let's just say that. And uh, that's something that Chris will understand having read the story. And I won't say anything more. But I, I, I love haven't the seen ocean. some of your wardrobe. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm a real, I'm a real sucker for anything with the tentacles. Yeah. But um, 
But I, I love the water. I love the ocean. I, uh, uh, my husband and I used to be part owners of a 36-foot sailboat, and we used to sail out to Block Island. And so we hung out there, and there are a lot of uh, snooty, privileged people who wear <laughs> shirts with lobsters on them, let's just say, um, and, and all. So um, it was a, a world with which I was rather familiar, but um, I have really been very fond of writing about the ocean and what's going wrong and things like that. And, you know, we were already talking about climate change. So you may see some a few more stories from me coming in the future. Let's just say. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to what may be the biggest news, biggest catch of the day. No, the biggest news. Oh, of the day, and that is, thank you. This is an upcoming, uh, not yet released, um, anthology called A Woman Unbecoming. Um, what a, a great concept and very quick turnaround. So I want to hear about both of those. There's a yeah. beautiful cover. Uh, what can you tell us about the cover? That's amazing. This is another cover by Lynn Hansen. She went with the very current trend of neon colors, you know, with the bright yellows and the pinks mm -hmm. and such. Um, this anthology is the brainchild of my co-editor, Rachel Brune. She is the publisher and editor-in-chief at Crone Girls Press, and uh, she and I have worked together on many anthologies in, in the past, and uh, I ran into her, strangely enough, at one of our readings in New York, Chris. Uh, she came in to listen to some of the readers, and we were talking, and uh, this whole anthology, it's a charity anthology to support reproductive health care services, and right. it it came about when uh, the the reversal of Roe v. Wade was announced. And Rachel got in her head, uh, one of the stories that she had from another anthology really was called A Woman Unbecoming. And she had already published it in another anthology. And she said, you know, I'd like to do something. I, she, lots of people have been mad as hell and we're not gonna take it anymore, you know? And uh, she said, let's, let's put together a bunch of stories and make a charity anthology out of it. And every, person that we spoke to we didn't even put up an open call for this we just every person we talked to except one who was too busy said yes 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 here's a story here's a story so we are turning this anthology around with some award-winning authors and some new authors as well we're turning the whole thing around in two months it's coming out on August 23rd. Yeah. Now, Norm, we used to do charity anthologies in five or six months back when we didn't know that that was too fast. <laughs> you know, we didn't know we didn't know back then, Rachel and I. Um, normally, it'll take a year, possibly a year and a half to go all the way through a, a publishing procedure like this. And so we're turning it around in two months because the passion is there to support this project. And the, the need is there and we want to get it out there so that people can see the anthology and pay attention to it while they're still thinking about the fact that Roe v. Wade has been overturned and yeah. there is a lot that is going on that people need to pay attention to. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry I missed that particular reading. I uh, would have loved to be supportive <laughs> of it. Um, yes. So, how, you know, we spoke earlier um, when we were talking about Even in the Grave about... Um, the uh, the job of the editor and all that but you had more time okay so so how do you take the the editorial skills and um 
and apply them to such a short window? What was um, what were the particular challenges and stuff? I, I think the main answer there is coffee. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, How uh, did uh, Rachel, you and go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Rachel, Rachel is a powerhouse. And uh, when she gets an idea in her head, there's nothing standing in her way. So she has gone through probably two thirds of the stories and I went through about a third of them. And some we, we just saw, as a matter of fact, we had Tara Leskowski come on Galactic Terrors and she gave a reading that I love so much, I immediately wrote back to her. She's she's a friend of mine as well. She's an award-winning um, mystery writer, but she also writes creepy, dark stuff. And I immediately wrote to her and said, we love this story. Can we put it in our anthology? And she said, oh, yes, absolutely. Um, so, you know, that, that happened a couple cases. Um, so we have just asked people, they had something, they wrote something, we looked at it, we said yes or no, we sent edits, they sent it back, and everything has moved so fast, my head is even spinning. I, so. I have to ask, you know, because you, you're, you're mentioning, you know, time and speed, uh, how, how does it affect your editorial critiquing or your editorial uh, appreciation of a piece or scanning of a piece? If your time period is so narrow and you have a volume of work to get through? I think that's a really excellent question. Whenever I'm working on an anthology, it's not, it's not usually my only thing that I'm doing because I'm always writing my own stuff or I'm working on something for Galactic Terrors or I'm editing somebody else's project as well. So in, in this case, Rachel and I kind of dropped everything else for a little while and um, some things may still be hitting the ground around me. I apologize to everyone for that. So we, we put a unique and special focus on getting this one done. So the attention that we paid to each individual story was probably the same as it would have been if we were doing a, a, an anthology over a longer time. Mm. We just, we're doing almost nothing but this. You weren't multitasking. Right. right. Gotcha. Okay. You prioritized so it, was, it. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. It was drink a pot of coffee and sit down to, to crank through things. So you want to, you, you want to sponsor uh, the coffee here? I mean, you want to, uh, yeah, I really it? should have, you know, I need an affiliate <laughs> yeah. link for coffee, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, really. You know, are, are we talking Starbucks here or you know, <laughs> stock full of nuts? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever somebody hands me, I will drink. <laughs> so, um, you said that it's a, a benefit, uh, it's going to benefit reproductive health services. Uh, do you have specific sites uh, or, or places in mind that um, the, mm -hmm. uh, will be the focus of the support? Yes, there's two things that we're doing. We opted not to release the names of the groups that we are supporting mm -hmm. because uh, in this amount of time, we haven't had time to talk to them and develop a whole marketing sure. plan. And we don't want it to imply that they are endorsing our book when they have not been able to mm. say that yet. But mm, we're, right. we're supporting, we're sending half of our profits to reproductive health service agencies that are already in place. We're not falling into the trap of going and trying to set up a whole new agency. There are no. groups that have been doing this for decades and they need the support and help many people. And the yeah. other, uh, the other half of the funds will be supporting uh, political candidates in the midterm election who support uh, reproductive services. There you go. Cool. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Now, I noticed that all these are available on Amazon. Any other places people can go and find them? Uh, I believe that we'll certainly have uh, Even in the Grave and A Woman I'm Becoming in virtually any bookstore. You can go to Barnes & Noble or Amazon or any of those. And uh, uh, there's uh, a lot of independent bookstores as well. You can look into those. Sure. And uh, you can go to, what is it, weirdbook.com? Is that right? Yeah. That, we, uh, that's the website? No, that's a different one. There's so many, they sound alike. Yes. Weird House. Weird House. Weird, Weird House Press. Weird House right. Press. Yeah. There yeah. they are. That's a beautiful cover. Isn't that creepy? That is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so Weird House. So, sorry for that. Weird House. And then um, uh, Forget Me Not is part of the... Um, Sistema Paradoxa series. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Volume 10, yes. Yeah. As, I like this as accounted by Carolyn, you know, Guy Zander. It's, it's almost like Walter Gibson going, the shadow told me these, these adventures, <laughs> so I will now relay them to you, you know, as fact. Who knows what evil lurks in the heart yes, of the yeah, theory. So, yes. so these stories <laughs> were told to you. Yes. Carol jumped right onto the uh, Alex Simmons time machine. There you right go. onto <laughs> it on that. What can I there say? What can I say? You know? Well, we're, the, we're about the same age, so yeah, I would. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no! So, no, no. Uh, Carol, when I have a beard, when you <laughs> when you finally start getting serious about doing some work for a change, uh, I know, else? right? <laughs> what are there things coming up that uh, we should be aware of, or would you rather us focus on a woman unbecoming? Uh, what should we be looking oh, at? Here? Well, I'd love to focus on a woman unbecoming. It's releasing on August twenty third, uh, but I. The things I have in the works are, you know, things in the works. There's a, another thing coming out in a magazine and uh, some other short stories coming up that I'll be able to talk about, you know, a little bit later. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, that's a lot of fun, too. I got a question. Because, yeah. you know, the Sahara and, and chiller kind of, you know, uh, author that you are. I mean, and, and, and since this is like there's only like two weeks left to August and then it's September and before you know it. <laughs> It's October. October. There's only a hundred days till Halloween. See, look at, counting, look at this. But, look at know? this. She's already got her little, you know, okay. So what 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 can we look forward to? I mean, will will a woman on becoming and, and this the books that we've seen, is that your gift to the world for October? Or is there a little something else that you want to maybe throw a little hint at or suggest? Or what do you what what's going on here? Because I mean October will be here any moment. October will be here. I have a really cool cosmic horror story coming out soon, and you guys can be some of the first ones I tell about, but I just can't say what it is yet. Good, so. good, 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 good. And, so uh, that means we'll yeah. have to have her back. <gasps> Did I do that on purpose? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so. we, uh, on October 28th, Friday, October 28th, Yes. Uh, members of the Horror Writers Association New York chapter will be uh, making an appearance at the Barnes & Noble on Route 17 in Paramus, New Jersey. Uh, kind of a Halloween event. Um, we'll be selling some of the books and a panel discussion and all things nice. creepy and cool like that. So, so how uh, come yeah, I didn't hear about this before this? I mean, what? I mean, I thought um, it's in the works because we're just, oh, we're boy, just pulling Chris. it together. Wait, are, Chris is, Chris just, is taking yeah. the lead here. I... Oh. Uh, 
I was in the I was in the right part of the bookstore at the right time and saw a, <laughs> a woman setting up another event and said, "Hey, can I Hi. come?" To you? Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> we also set up um, uh, our good friend Alec uh, Kasim Gaines is um, he's just about to come out with a book on ET and it's gonna he's gonna have an appearance at the same place. Yeah. So. Uh, so Jersey yeah, every once in a while, be. every once in a while, something works out. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. This was this was great, Carol. Um, I, the next time we have you on, I want to I want to learn more about what inspires you. You know, what what? How do you pick the topics and 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 what's like little subtext and things? And like, I want to get into your writer's head a little bit more. So next time. Ooh, yeah. that sounds I did really push cool. It a little. I did push it a little more towards the uh, editorial stuff because you edited two of the anthologies, and I thought, yeah. what a what a unique uh, opportunity to talk Absolutely. about that part of the yeah, process. Absolutely. But, oh, um, that would be really fun. I I have to warn you, it is a little creepy and dark in here. You know, I'm really okay. a nice person. I just yeah, don't sure. know mm -hmm. what comes out of my face usually. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's it's you, and there's an <coughs> illustrator that I know and a good friend named John Jennings who does these really creepy illustrations. And I often go, what are your, what are your nightmares like? <laughs> you know? So every now and then, yeah, I, I do want to, I do want to step into that world and, and, and look around. And I think, I think a lot of people will find it interesting uh, to, to hear how you, how you process mm -hmm. these things. Well, and so, yeah, and at the that. same time, Alex, at the same time, Carol Geisander is the most pleasant and the most uh, gifted at working a room uh, of any of the Horror Writers Association members that I've noticed uh, in my brief time hanging out with them. But yeah, Carol, uh, she can really just say hello, hi and hello to everybody. And um, Comes you out would with get no cookie. hint of darkness talking to Carol Geisander until yeah. you open the book and, and started yeah. reading her work. And, and I'm glad that's where she puts it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Very <laughs> yes. Right, well, Carol, thank you so much for being with us this time around. Really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, oh, it's it's always tremendous. It's to... great stuff. Yeah, sorry, it's great to come and chat with you guys. Really is. Perfect. And who knows where you'll be next time? Because <laughs> this, this setting was just really perfect for this. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay, Chris, as always, always good to talk with you, buddy. Peace, everybody. Okay, take care, everybody. Take care. All right, Carol, thank you very much. Thank you.